I want to talk to you titled, What Are You Wearing? And we're going to start in the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians is a book written by none other than Paul, the church in Ephesus. It's only six chapters long. It's easy to read. You should be reading your Bible. Don't just open your Bible somewhere and read a portion of the text and then open it somewhere else and read a portion of the text. What you should be doing is read it um, systematically. Either start at the beginning of the New Testament, read it through, then start at the Old Testament and read it through again, and then start at individual books and read it through. And it's easy to start at Ephesians, closed letter to the church in Ephesus. He deals with doctrine in the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. He starts off in Ephesians 1 verse 3 and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Blessed be the God of our, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with it. Most people would say, don't bless me with spiritual blessings, bless me with some money. It's like saying to your boss, don't thank me, pay me. Because people are more concerned by what is tangible and what is seen than what is untangible and not seen. The unseen realm, the, the realm of God, God is the invisible God. Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. You cannot see God. He says that you, you don't see the wind, but you see the tree leaves moving, which tells you there must be a wind. God says the same to Lot. You can't tell me that I don't exist. If you look at the universe, you look at the trees. Who told the oceans to stop there and the mountains to go there and the creatures and who, who put it all together? God talks to Lot and he tells him, that nature already tells you that I am God. It is impossible for you to be, uh, you don't just come evolve from a pool of mud. How did that happen? You, you need a lot more faith to believe that. And so, so people are, as they've fallen into sin, much more aware of what is on the outside. This is why I say this often, social media companies like Facebook and Instagram works because people are concerned with what people see on the outside. A lot of people have success, but only on Facebook. They call themselves CEO and they don't have any employees. That's funny to me. They run a business, but they don't have anybody working for them. They have, they have the title and they have the pretend. I heard another one that says, if you really do something often, you don't put, you don't elevate that on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. If you go on holidays often, you wouldn't put that on Instagram because it's normal to you. You don't put normal things, you put things that stand out. And so a lot of the stuff that we see on, on social media is pretend. It's somebody that saved up for three years to go on that trip. And that's fine if they save first time in three years, but if they pretend like that's what they do monthly, it's a lie. A lot of people are concerned with what they have on the outside. People are concerned with what other people see. They're concerned with how we are impressionable and have influence and success. And then you have uh, people that, that gather to themselves so much wealth and so much resources and success because in that they feel a sense of value. Quickly forgetting that you are growing old very fast and then you die and leave naked. Paul here says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. 
And we don't understand that that, because to, to many people, Christianity is a waste of time. Spending Sunday by Sunday in a place like this and Wednesday nights in youth groups and spending hours listening to worship music and spending time in prayer. It's a waste of time because you can't see it. If you physically register a company, register a logo and begin to employ people and you sell, you're physically doing things which they think, many people think that's the alpha and omega of life. That's why you're here to go through the cycle. But if that was the cause, why would you take what you make, spend it on alcohol to survive what you're doing in a week? Why do you have to smoke and drink just to survive that cycle? There has to be more to life than just that. Paul says to the Christian, what you have that other people don't have because they can't see. It says spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And most people can't understand what you as a Christian should understand because to them they are blind. They are behind a veil. They can't see the things of God. What makes a person give up everything to pursue God other than having an encounter with God that shows them how do you change course without having had a revelation, an encounter that's truthful to you? How do you, nobody changes just because they have a different emotion this morning because next week you have a different emotion again. And so Paul says we have been blessed with spiritual blessings. Everything that happens in the natural happened in the spiritual first. Because God is spirit, he is first. He, in the beginning, uh, the heavens and the earth, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void and darkness with the face of the deep. And the spirit of God, which is the unseen God, was floating on this chaos over the face of the waters. And then he said, let there be. So he, spirit was first. He spoke a word and creation came into existence. Now put that verse back up there. Paul uses specific language throughout Ephesians. He says, blessed be the God of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us, that's you and I, Christians all over the world. He wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus, but this echoes into all eternity. It is the written word, which is alive. The word of God is alive and still living today. Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That heavenly places is a word repeated quite often through the book of Ephesians. He repeats it again. He says uh, in uh, Ephesians 1 verse 20, which he worked in Christ Jesus. I want to read the verses before that. He's, he's praying a prayer. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory, of the inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who, who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above. Again, that heavenly places. God has given you every blessing in heavenly places. Heavenly places is a location. Heavenly places, you have the natural realm and you have the spiritual realm. And most people just live in the natural. When you are not born again, you are dead to what is spiritual, God's spiritual reality. You are cut off from God. There is a wall of separation between you and God and you are merely flesh that is living cut off from God. You can pray, but it doesn't mean that you are actually talking to God. God will not respond to you if you do not accept that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross and that you acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of a savior. You're cut off from God. Now, 
there exists not just this reality, which is horizontal, your peers and your colleagues and your, your friends and family. There is a realm around us that you cannot see the spiritual realm, heavenly places. Now God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now he says in 120, put that verse back up. He says, he has seated, which he worked in Christ, raised him from the dead and seated him on the right hand in heavenly places. Right hand is the strength of God. Jesus is seated in heavenly places. So he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing and he has seated Christ in heavenly places. Okay. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, and he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Paul's language again, heavenly places, he's blessed you with all blessings. He has seated Jesus in that heavenly place and he has seated you in that heavenly place. So if you're not aware, um, how shall I say this? If you have a grandparent that stays somewhere and you don't have a great relationship with them, but they're filthy rich and somehow that grandparent has an epithemy, they realize that they should leave their grandchildren something and they write out an inheritance, they put you in their will, they pass away and you inherit millions. But nobody tells you, you would in truth be very, very rich. But factually, you're still living as a poor person because you're not aware of that truth. Does that make sense? So the scripture teaches us that you are seated in heavenly places, but many people live a life as if they're stuck in an earthly realm. We are from this earth in our brokenness trying to appease God and working upwards. We look upwards when we pray as if God is up there distant far from us and we are stuck here running our lives from our brokenness and from our failures. Now, if you are a police officer, not in any country nowadays, in the old days you would have some authority because of that badge. It elevates you above the mere citizen. Because of that badge, it gives you a position that when you raise that badge, that you have certain authority over people because of that badge. Now, if God says, I've seated you in heavenly places, it gives you a place from which from which place you have the authority to handle your issues. How is it that we live a victim as if we are trying to come out of our problems if God says, I've already put you in a position? Does that make sense? So Paul uses this language. He's blessed you with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He seated Jesus Christ in that heavenly places. And not just that, he has put you, he says he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, if Jesus is seated next to the Father in heavenly places, you are in Christ Jesus in that heavenly place. It, the, this platform is elevated. It is, uh, if you talk about rank and power and authority and leadership, a taller person has much more authority in a group than a, a, a short person. That is not trying to be nasty with short people. But in rank and power, if you're short, you're not the guy making the most noise. If a big guy walks in, you you are intimidated. The platform is raised and when you are seated, I have more authority to speak to you than we're, we, we, what it would have been if we were sitting in a circle and only five people. When I ask who has an opinion, 
there might be more than 10 people in this room that has an opinion, but nobody will say something because we're in a group and it's, it's intimidating. And I have, beyond that, I have a microphone that elevates me. So when he raises you in heavenly places, you're either ruling downwards, but if you're not aware of it, you are stuck at the bottom and you can't deal with anything. That's why we want titles in the companies that we, we work at. If you're a manager, you have the authority from that elevated position as a manager to give directives to the employees and they have to respond because you're elevated. But if you're a manager, but you want to be one of the guys, you're not going to function in that authority because you want to be one of the guys. And in time, they're going to become so familiar with you that yesterday that we joked together at lunch. Now you want to tell me what to do because you're abdicating that elevated position to be in. Now it's the same thing God says, you have been elevated and you are seated in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is trying to get to something because he, he says that in first uh, Ephesians 1. He repeats it in Ephesians 2. He talks about God. Then he says, you are seated in that heavenly place with God. And then we get to chapter number 3. And I'll read to you from, let's call it verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Christ Jesus, if indeed you have heard the dispensation of grace towards which was given to me. I need to get to verse 10. Let's see if I can skip a couple of these. Let's read from verse 8. To me, who am less than the least of the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning was of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. People ask, what is the importance of the church? What is the important, how... What is, the, what is the intent of the church? Why do we need to exist? Why are we, why are we here? Do we just, what is, the, what is the purpose of the church? So let me try and answer you. He says, God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. The manifold wisdom. He's talking in all these things. He says, it's a mystery. You've been, it's a mystery. You've been blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. It's a mystery. Then he has seated God in heavenly places, Jesus Christ, and he has seated you with him. All of this is a mystery. I've been given, Paul says, I've been given this task to take this mystery and unpack it to the Gentile people so that they may be aware what is this power of God given to us. You understand? Put that verse back up. For what, what, what is the end result of this? To the intent that the manifold wisdom of God, that God's wisdom, God's wisdom, may be made known so that, that people in and out may know. Uh, that, that might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers where? Okay, so here's the backdrop to the story. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Lucifer was responsible for, for music and worship in heaven. That's why Rockstar says, I sold my soul to Satan. That's why when they begin to sing, how do you think they write that lyrics? I've tried very often to write a song. I can't put one sentence together. How do you, are they just good? Or do they have some other power that is empowering them to be able to write music that well? That sounds that good. That could draw millions to them. Lucifer was in heaven. He says, I wanted to be like God, like God. And so Lucifer was cast out of heaven. And we get to Genesis, Genesis 1 
Genesis 2, if you read Genesis 2, you'll see these two words, um, Jehovah Elohim, uh, not Je yeah, Jehovah Elohim, which means Lord God. In chapter 2, it talks about Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, which says that he is Lord and he is God. God is his identity. He is God and he is Lord. The first time the serpent talks to Eve, he says, did God say? He drops Lord to make God less personal. So you can read that. The word Lord God is all over Genesis, uh, Genesis 2. Genesis 3, he talks Lord God and the Lord God had formed everything. And there was this creature, which is Lucifer. So Lucifer is on the earth. He was cast out of heaven. Lot tells us, the book of Lot tells us that he got, went back into heaven and he accuses you and I before the father. He says, and God says to him, have you considered my servant Lot? So Lucifer has the, uh, Job, I mean, not Lot, Job. That's why it didn't sound right. Job. Have you considered my servant Job? So Lucifer goes up and down and, and is able to get a, an audience with God as he accuses us before God. He is the highest ranking created being in the angelic realm that was cast out of heaven. Now in the heavenly realms, the Bible says in Revelation, the tail of the serpent drew a third of the stars out of heaven, which means a third of the angels in heaven followed after Lucifer. So there is a heavenly realm which you and I can't see where on the earth. We're on the earth, but God is spiritual and we are now children of God, spiritual children of God. We are spiritually raised into newness of life. We are children of God, right? So there's a heavenly realm and there's a war and the prince of darkness is in control of that war. Put that verse 320 back up there. Now, this is God's intent. Lucifer was cast out of heaven. He took a third of the angels with him. He's saying, now that he is able to do exceedingly above all. No, it's not that one. Which one was the last one? 10. The manifold wisdom of God may be made known by the church. To whom? Principalities and powers in heavenly places. Not individuals, the church. You exist to be a, a display of God's wisdom on the earth to principalities around us that God is God, He is Lord, and He saved your life, you are His. There is, a, there is a purpose to the church to show everything around us. Now, if you think that, that the world is going in the direction it's going in because five old grumpy men met in a room and decided this is world policy, you must be confused. We don't have that capability to be that organized. This is demonically driven around the world. The flow of this world is demonically driven. There are powers and principalities. That's why you can go into neighborhoods which are stuck and drunkards live there. Every household is just stupid alcoholics, drunk every night. That's the way they live. You go to other neighborhoods, they might not be drunkards. They're all... Uh, drug addicts or they're all gamblers or you'll see in certain areas when Chanel and I got married we went to to Paris we went to uh, a district there um, you see in movies the sign Moulin Rouge we said go let's go find that place we walked into that area and you can sense in that area the control that is in that area of perversity that is in that area the control that is there 
We were recently in another island. There was a, new, a region that we walked past. As you walk into an, a, a region, you can feel the presence of, of things that is in certain areas not present. There's powers and principalities in control over regions and municipalities. There is a thing around us that the demonic. How is it that you and your wife go to bed happy the next morning, all of a sudden you're, you're fighting the next day. For three weeks you're fighting. What happened? You told her you love her. That's the last thing you said. You went to bed. The next morning you wake up. Now you're upset. It's because there are powers that is in control of your life. It's not people. That's why Paul says in Ephesians uh, 6, your fight is not against flesh and blood. Your fight is not against people. Racism is a spirit much more than it's people. How does that thing, we decide to crush it and die it out, and then yet it gets resurrected all the time. What is that spirit resurrecting this thing all the time? Driving this thing. God's intent was that the church be dropped in the middle of this chaos and be a place where people are different. A place where people, God's people, are not the same as the people in this world. They forgive much more easily. They don't keep a grudge as long as the world is supposed to keep a grudge. We don't get upset and just cut you off. We don't just turn our back and walk away from family. We don't just do what is good for me. We, we serve and we see what we can do for others to make other people's lives better. The church exists to make this wisdom of God come alive. Now go with me to, to Ephesians 6 verse 10. He says all of this and he brings it together. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. He doesn't say be strong in your wealth. The, all of these things are ancillary things to life. Success, wealth, uh, businesses, clothing you wear, friends you have. All of these things. I'm at this age where I'm now at paying much more attention to the, fa the fact that we are growing old fast. And that much of the things that you would hold important in school is not important. That family time and friends and children, those bonds and relationships are more important. Jesus in, his, in the Bible talks about intangible things, love, respect, peace, hope. He talks about things that you can't touch. The world talks about success, money, cars, houses, farms. If you have those things, you are successful. God says when you love are righteous, when you have peace, when you have hope, that's different to God. Those are the things that mean something when you're 90 years old, staying in a room with your wife and you, that's all you have left. Those are the things you remember, not how the car drove. And he says, now brethren, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Imagine that. Armor of God. Armor of God. As a Christian, you can put on the armor of God. Armor of God. So God can arm you. This clothing is not, doesn't have a price tag to it. You, you can't buy these shoes, Balenciagos. You know, even know what that is. Some girls go, I know. No, you don't know. Telling you right now, stop it. You, but you can put on the armor of God. Imagine that, armor of God. You walk through Colonada, nobody sees you. 
knows who you are, but you're walking through with the armor of God. This realm doesn't see you, but there's a realm that does. Now, it says the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. When he sees you look, wearing Louis Vuitton, he already knows that, oh, hmm. Why is he wearing Louis Vuitton? He, he drives a polo, but he has a Louis Vuitton t-shirt on. Why is he? So he knows there's an open door. He walks past, sees you wearing the armor of God. He goes like, that's not a stupid person. He doesn't want to pretend successful. He has God's attention. Different target. You, you, you don't, there are, there are certain things. I used to drive a normal car. If I would drive past, people would tune me. And my personality, would, I would back off immediately and say, pass by. Now that I drive the Jeep with the extra oversized wheels, nobody's tuning me nothing. Because they, the car is intimidating. There are certain guys that you walk past, they have tattoos, they, call, they have this small heart, but they have this big arms because they, they have a pharmacist. And <laughs> I saw a guy the other day, I said, who, VS, your chemist, VSA. But, but, but there are people that's intimidating but because of what they wear. We want to be intimidating at this level, but we carry no power in the spiritual realm. Your Instagram has 20,000 followers, but when you pray, nobody listens. I want to tell you, as, and, and, and people get upset when, when we say it. I'm going to repeat it again. That's why people say, But this building costs us 100 million rand. Probably more. That's without the furniture. We don't have furniture yet. We're working on it. But we paid for it cash. The reason is the banks didn't want to talk to us before we had this building. Now they want to talk to us. Before we had the building, they don't, we paid 100 million rand. We paid it in two years. That's a miracle by any measure. That's a, that's a miracle. You don't get that because you're clever. You don't do that because you're clever or wear Louis Vuitton. You get that because God is involved. There, that's a material result of the spiritual presence of God in my life and in our church leadership life and in the ministry life. Um, what other examples can I give you? We, we've had a girl in this church who had cancer. Uh, I don't want to point out anybody. She had cancer, severe cancer, and cancer, like a death sentence type cancer. And we got her in front here and we prayed for her. The whole church prayed for her. We prayed. We rebuked that cancer. And it doesn't work like that. I don't want to say that. I'm going to pray every time. And we prayed for that girl. She went through chemo, severe radical mal chemo. Her hair didn't even fall out. Her hair didn't even fall out. That I say, you don't buy with money. You can't buy that with, with a Louis Vuitton handbag. You get that because in the realm, you are seated in heavenly places above all powers and principalities. This I think, my, my brother races motocross. He fell off his bike. He is one of the best in the country. He sponsors the SA1 champion, his team. He manages the whole team. He's now too old to race himself. But he went racing about last year he fell off his bike, he broke his neck, and he, he came around a corner on an Indira race, and I don't know how he fell, he fell, he was there. 
and he, re he remembered he couldn't move his arm. He, he couldn't move his leg. He was lying there. He lied there, was lying there for about 45 minutes. We have a U-group leader that's in this church that's also one of the top-ranking motocross uh, enduro or, yeah, enduro racers in our country, top-ranking. And he rode past my brother and knew my brother, climbed off his bike, walked to him and said, are you okay? My brother said, no, he's not. And he prayed for him. And my brother says he recollected how he re feeling came back in his body. He didn't stand up and walk around. His neck was still off. That guy prayed for him. Now my brother's got steel plates through his shoulders, his ankles, his knees, his brain. And he walked like this for a couple of months after that. But, but that's a miracle that happened there. That guy we subsequently got involved in our church and he's now turned into a U-group leader for us. He's one of our U-group leaders. Pray for someone. That's a prayer. I'm, I'm thankful that he doesn't drive a Bentley, but when he prays, God hears. I want people like that in my life. I want to have people that when they pray, God listens. Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the armor of God. That when you walk, men might not see what you wear, but God sees. God put on the whole armor. Now, what's this armor? The armor, I think, is a six-piece clothing suit that you can put on. Chapter number six. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be, he says, put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, he says, your threat is not, before that, he says, your fight is not flesh and blood. You don't need to withstand people. People are easy. You don't like someone, just don't phone them. Block them on WhatsApp. That's mature. Delete them on Facebook. That's really nice. You can do, that's easy. People's not the issue. Cut them out. Move on. Demons don't leave when you say, shoo, shoo, shoo. They don't, he says, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand. He doesn't say, be strategic so that your friends doesn't hurt you. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil, the devices of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. He says, blesses all blessings in heavenly places. Christ seated in heavenly places. We are seated in Christ in heavenly places. In these heavenly places, he says, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness, all of them are in these heavenly places. He blessed you so that you can show them who your God is. Amen. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Gird your waist with truth. Fact and truth is not the same. There's something different. It could be a fact, but it's not the truth. What is the truth? Truth is different to facts. What I told you is you're factually poor, but truth, you're blessed in heavenly places. In fact, you're depressed factually. Yes, I'm depressed. Truthfully. That's why I said, this is the argument I had with Chanel this morning. I don't have sinus issue, as I used to think. It's a reflex, reflux issue that's causing the sinuses. Sinus is the symptom. So the fact is I have sinus. The truth is it's not sinus. It's a symptom of something else. How many of you do not understand what it means to be a child of God? And now you are factually not experiencing the freedom that it brings you. You're factually living towards death without purpose and intent. Your life will carry no meaning. 
you'll leave 10 million rand or 5 million rand or nothing, and it won't make a difference. When you die, your children will spend your money, and what's the point? The world, you have these climate activists sitting in roads so the cars can't drive because they think that they're doing a difference. Everybody is desiring to have a purpose beyond themselves. I'm submitting to you that Christ and the church is that purpose. That there is something to do with your life that is more important than you. To live for Jesus. Are you perfect in that? None of us are. Gird your waist with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. The righteous breastplate of righteousness. Don't walk around thinking I'm good. Walk around thanking Jesus that he is good. Because he was good to me, I am now good. I am in Christ Jesus. The breastplate of righteousness. This is, this is the armor of God. It's not put on a, a nice car, a nice suit. He says put on the belt of truth. Wherever, the truth, the belt holds your pants up. Don't be caught with your pants down. Put on truth. Not feelings, truth. I don't feel it. I don't care what you feel. What is the truth? Put on truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Watch this one. And having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of feet. So he's shot your feet with the preparation. Shoes for peace. The shoes of a Roman soldier had nails underneath it. So these three pieces of clothing, breastplate, belt, and shoes. This is something you have on every day. This is something that stays on you. Supposed to stay on you. The shoes had, had nails underneath it, spikes. The spikes had multiple purposes within it. So it made the shoe more durable. With the spikes, the shoes didn't deteriorate that quickly. Second, it gave it a real good grip on ground. If I were to put, that's why you have toxa on as you play rugby. If you don't have tox on, you, you can't grip when you, have, when you scrum. If you try and scrum with these shoes, you'll lose. Now, when the devil begins to push at you and you don't have these shoes on, it might move you. It gives you a proper grip. And these spikes was an ad hoc, impromptu type weapon. If we were to push you over, you could kick with these shoes and it becomes a weapon, these spikes on your feet. These, these, these three pieces of clothing you should have on your feet. Uh, feet, shoes, speaks of where you're going. If you are careless about where the church is going, if it doesn't bother you that churches are empty, if it doesn't bother you that Christianity, some churches are running empty, you don't care if people get to know who Jesus is. Ah, it's a sideline issue. You are not, you are not going to stand. Because your willingness for the gospel determines also God's input in your life that helps you stand. Because God is building his church. If you are disconnected from what the church is doing, let someone else worry about that. He's talking to you as a Christian. Put on the shoes for the willingness of the gospel of peace. This gospel of peace. Put on the right shoes so that you can stand. These three things are just clothing that you have on. Trying to rush. Above all, take the shield of faith which will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one. Take up the shield of faith. Fiery darts. Why fiery darts? If I would just, when I see people go bow hunting, I don't see them light the front of the arrow. That would be sadistic. Why would you do that? Why would you put fire to a dart? Why does the enemy put a fire? Because fire starts problems. So if he were to fire at me and I would be putting out fires, I wouldn't be able to fight him back. 
He says, take up the shield of faith that puts out the fiery darts of the enemy. If he's trying to burn down your house while you're trying to do this for Jesus, the shield of faith covers your burning house. Put on the shield of faith. Pick up the shield of faith that quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. As a Christian, have you got the shield of faith in your life? You're just trying to manage everything yourself. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Two more things. Helmet of salvation. Just make sure that your thoughts, helmet of salvation, is your thought saved? What are you thinking? Do you like people or hate them? Do you like your brother or do you hate your brother? Do you like your parents or do you hate your parents? When last did you speak to them? When last did you speak to your brother? How are your friendships working? Salvation that you received extended to someone else. That forgiveness. Let your thought life be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation and then take the sword of the Spirit. Take the sword of the Spirit. You can't take the sword of the Spirit if you don't know any word, the Word of God. If you don't understand Scripture and you think the Word of God is just boring, you can't defend yourself against the enemy. He's trying to kill you. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. He's trying to destroy you. He's not after your business. It's after you. Your business is just the front door to you. He's, trying, he's not trying to steal your VW polo. The polo is just to your heart. Because if he steals your polo, you go like, is God real? And when you begin to say that, he's getting a foothold into your life. And as soon, it's coming after you. He doesn't want to take your stuff. He wants to take you. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. Take the sword. Fiestus Pietras. Stekomedom. Take the sword of the Spirit. Fight with the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God. Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your church would come to realize that we need to put on the armor of God. That we are to walk around in truth, not feelings. Not what I want, what they want, but what you want. You are Lord. You are the Lord God. We don't want to take you, the Lordship of God, out of our lives. We don't want to know God. We want to know Him as Lord and God. Father, I pray, bring a revelation into our hearts. Let us put on the whole armor of God, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of the willingness of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation. Let us be dressed well in the Spirit. And when we have done everything we could, help us stand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God a proper praise in the house.